Thursday, March 29th, 2018, and welcome to a very special edition, episode number 113 of WWS Wrestling Revisited. This is uh, this is uh, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw uh, coming in here tonight, kind of in a way filling in for King Ice here this evening, as of course uh, Wrestling Revisited was preempted uh, from earlier this week uh, due to a little bit of due to uh, time time situations, but uh, we're going to bring this a very interesting moment here tonight, and we'll talk more about it here in just a few minutes. Uh, joining me here tonight, uh, how many call it play-by-play, as they say, is uh, is the uh, Rattlesnake and Neil Patel, of course, and Neil is a recently inducted 2018 WCWS Hall of Famer, uh, and uh, Neil will be joining me side-by-side here as we borrow the WCWS time machine tonight. So, Neil, welcome to episode 113, very special wrestling revisited. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be in for a very big-time treat, as tonight is a very unique anniversary. I do believe, I am going to go back and look at this, I do believe it was 31 years ago, I do believe, let me see, uh, yes, that's right, 31 years ago today, one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time occurred, that being WrestleMania number three. And we'll get into more detail about, uh, of course, uh, about how, about what happened, what the matches that took place, and give our thoughts and opinions about each match here. We'll go by bit by bit. And if you want to give, join us here, of course, for what will be a big-time uh, talk here tonight on WrestleMania three, uh, please feel free to give us a call here, 1-724-444-7444. Call ID one three nine nine two six pound and press that one if you want to chime in on any thing, uh, your thoughts and opinions, of course, on WrestleMania three. And of course, this will be possibly discussed during our history and birthdays later on on NWO Wolfpack coming up at nine o'clock. But uh, we want to give a big time detail here on this. So, uh, Neil, buckle into WWS time machine as I set it back to March twenty ninth, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, I can't do the. I can't do any sound effects, but but uh, you know, talk about Back to the Future style, if you know what I mean. There. Uh, gotcha. So let's go. Let's go ahead and. Uh, there you go, man. There. Whoa! Look around here, man. Oh man. Let's go ahead and get. Let's go ahead and bring uh, bring this here to you, courtesy of Wikipedia. Uh, give uh, give us some uh, some details here about. Uh, about everything, we may not be able to chance to read everything, but I'm going to definitely give everything. We'll give it all. Give it all. Let's do here tonight, here, folks. So let's go ahead and get things rocking and rolling here, and Neil, hang on as we go for the big ride of your life here. WrestleMania Three was the third annual WrestleMania Professional Wrestling Pay Per View event 
produced by the WWF, for the time called the World Wrestling Federation. The event was held on March 29, 1987 at the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. There were 12 matches, with the final event being, of course, the World Heavyweight Championship match pitting Hulk Hogan, who successfully defended his belt against the late legendary, the very first Hall of Famer, Andre the Giant. WrestleMania 3 is particularly notable for the WWF's claiming a record attendance of 93,173 and the largest recorded attendance of a live indoor event in North America at the time. The record itself stood until January 27, 1999, when it was surpassed by the papal mass presided over by Pope John Paul II held at the TWA Dome in St. Louis, which drew an audience of 104,000 people. The only WWF slash WWE event with a higher attendance was WrestleMania 32, which is held at AT&T Stadium, of course, that's other in Dallas, I do believe. The event is considered to be the pinnacle of the 1980s wrestling boom. The WWF generated $1.6 million in ticket sales. Almost 1 million fans watched the event at 160 closed-circuit locations in North America. The number of people watching via pay-per-view was estimated at several million, and pay-per-view revenues were estimated at $10.3 million, setting a record for the time. Very impressive there indeed for, for, that, for the late 80s like that. Very impressive indeed. Here are the storylines behind WrestleMania 3. Of course, I must bring you this right here. Uh, of course, uh, started, of course, uh, took place at March 20, on March 29, 1987. 93,173 were in attendance at the Pontiac Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and the next pay-per-view after this, believe it or not, Emil, did not take place this that year until the 1987 and the very first Survivor Series. Mm. That was a while a pay-per-view back in those days. It wasn't that's all it was now. Whenever you have one about every month, they had to right. wait a while. This was uh, eight had to wait eight months for a big time pay per view event. I mean, not even SummerSlam wasn't even out yet. Wow. There you go. Yes, indeed. Like here's the storylines. Like all the WrestleMania events, WrestleMania three was promoted for several months in advance. The main feud stemmed from Andre the Giant's heel turn and betrayal of his friend, the WWF World Champion Hulk Hogan which began on an episode of Piper's Pit when then-President Jack Tunney presented Hogan with a trophy of being the WWF World Champion for three years. And Andre, his good friend, came out to congratulate him, but cryptically remarked, three years to be a champion is a long time. A week later, <clears throat> on another episode of Piper's Pit, let's see what the... Tunney presented Andre with a visibly smaller trophy for being undefeated in the WWF for 15 years. And Hogan came out to congratulate Andre. But before the giant could speak, Hogan ended up being the focal point of the interview. Annoyed by this, Andre walked out during Hogan's congratulations speech. A week later, on yet another Piper's Pitch segment, Jesse Ventura hinted he knew something about Andre but wasn't telling. This infuriated Piper, and the two nearly came to blows for Jesse challenged that he could produce Andre next week Asking Piper if he could produce Hogan, Piper agreed and nervously asked Hogan later on who, who, who agreed. The following week, Hogan was on Piper's pit first when Andre walked out with Bobby the Brain Heenan, a longtime adversary of Hogan and Andre. He announced himself to be Andre's new manager. Andre then challenged Hogan to a title match at WrestleMania 3 and attacked Hogan 
ripping off Hogan's T-shirt and the crucifix necklace. Another main feud leading up to the event was between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Intercontinental Champion, oh yeah, the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> the feud began during a title match between the two when Savage attacked Steamboat as he greeted fans at ringside. Savage then pushed Steamboat over the security rail and delivered an elbow shot that thrust Steamboat's throat into the rail and dropped the ring bell onto his throat from the top rope, injuring his larynx and sending him to the hospital. This resulted in a long, bitter feud that lasted for six months, including several bloody matchups and finally culminated at WrestleMania. George the Animal Steel was in Steamboat's corner, having developed a crush on Savage's valet at the time, Miss Elizabeth. Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules' feud started when Bobby Heenan continuously taunted Haynes, telling him that Hercules was the real master of Haynes' finishing move, the full Nelson which came to a bowling point when Hercules attacked Haynes on an edition of Superstars of Wrestling, which led to their match at WrestleMania. This battle is advertised as the Full Nelson Challenge, which, uh, if you're not familiar with that move, uh, that's, a, that's a move that Chris Masters would use later on. He would call it the Master Mark. But that's a, that's a oh, okay, that's the Full Nelson. Okay, gotcha. That, 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 that technically what that is, was the Full Nelson. Okay. Another, so that would have been more familiar with it, but it was basically the same. The same thing there, but um, but we'll tell you a little bit more about this here in just a second. Another heated feud leading up to this event was between the King Harley Race and the Junkyard Dog. WWF Wrestling Classic became the King of the Ring Tournament. Harley Race <clears throat> went on to win the tournament and began referring to himself as King Harley Race. He came into the ring in a royal crown and cape to the ceremonial accompaniment of the classical music piece Great Gates of Kiev. Now, Neil, let me let you know about this piece of music here. You know the theme that Jerry Lawler uses now? Yeah. It's that piece of music, believe it or not. Oh. It's, been, it's been used for a long time, so it's that piece of music. Yes. I'm not even going to try to pronounce who it does because it's, it's a, uh, I believe it's uh, someone from, it's a Russian name, I believe, so I can't, forgive me, I can't pronounce it, so. No problem. After each, after each of his victories, Race for, forced his defeated opponent to bow and kneel before him. Usually, Race's manager, Bobby Heenan, forced the defeated opponent to bow and kneel by grabbing his hair. Junkyard Dog protested Race's self-proclaimed monarchy, monarchy in the WWF and stated there would never be a complete ruler in the WWF, which led to a match on Saturday night's main event which the king and his manager both tried to make Junkyard Dog bow for them. This set the stage for the WrestleMania match, which included the stipulation that the loser had to bow to the winner. On January 26, 1987, the British Bulldogs lost the tag team titles to the Hart Foundation, excuse me, in a match that saw the Dynamite Kid so debilitated with a back injury that he was virtually carried to the ring by David Boy Smith I did not see any physical action after being knocked out by the Hart's manager, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, who had hit him with his megaphone as the match began. Danny Davis was the referee and allowed the Hart Foundation to use illegal double-team maneuvers. After being given some time off for Diamond to recuperate, the Bulldogs continued to their rivalry with the Hart Foundation, where they teamed up with Tito Santana against the Foundation and the referee-turned-wrestler Danny Davis in a six-man tag-team match at WrestleMania three. The match was known as a revenge match with Santana's inclusion due to Davis being the referee in the Boston Garden in early 1986 when he lost the Intercontinental title to the Macho Man 
who used a foreign object to get the win. And here's another one. Rock singer and Detroit native Alice Cooper was in the corner of Jake the Snake Roberts during his match with the Honky Tonk Man, managed by Jimmy Hart, who was calling himself the Colonel. Because Honky Tonk Man, you know, looked like Elvis. That's why he did that. <laughs> the Honky Tonk Man had attacked Roberts with a guitar on Roberts' interview segment, The Snake Pit, which, legitimate, which legitimately injured Roberts' neck. This event began Roberts' turn into a babyface, as well as the feud between the wrestlers, which culminated in their WrestleMania match. And one more before we get to the event. The feud between adorable Adrian Adonis and Rowdy Roddy Piper began when following a leave of absence from the WWF in, in mid-1986, Piper returned to find his Piper's Pit segment replaced by The Flower Shop, a segment hosted by then-effeminate wrestler Adrian Adonis. Piper, who returned as a face, spent weeks crashing Adonis' show and trading insults, leading to a showdown between the two segments that ended with Piper being assaulted and humiliated by Adonis. Piper's former bodyguard Bob Orton and Don Barocco. The trio left Piper with his face covered in red lipstick, lying in the middle of the remnant of the destroyed Piper's pit set. In response, Piper stormed the set of Adonis' show and destroyed it with a baseball bat. This led to their hair versus hair match at WrestleMania three, which was billed as Piper's retirement match from wrestling before becoming a full-time actor. And here is the here is the event right here. WWF, WWF owner Vince McMahon claims he was a, that he was about to announce Welcome to WrestleMania three. He felt the spirit of his father, Vincent J. McMahon, who had died three years before this. After McMahon welcomed the audience, he introduced Aretha Franklin, who opened the show singing a rendition of America the Beautiful. The first match of the night was the Can-Am Connection, Rick Martel and Tom Zink, versus Ace Cowboy Bob Orton and and the Magnificent Morocco, both were managed by Mr. Fuji. The match ended when Martel gave Morocco a high crossbody with zinc on his hands and knees, giving Morocco what Gorilla Monsoon called a little schoolboy trip from behind, allowing Martel to get the win for his team. Next up here, the next match that aired was Hercules with Bobby Heenan in his corner against Billy Jack Haynes in the Full Nelson Challenge. The match ended when Haynes locked Hercules in the Full Nelson outside the ring and both were counted out. After the match, Heenan assaulted Haynes by kneeing him in the back after Haynes had applied the full Nelson to Hercules outside the ring. Haynes then chased Heenan around the ring, where Hercules then blindsided Haynes with his chain, hitting him a number of times with it before locking a bloodied Haynes into his own full Nelson. That was brutal, yes. Also, a mixed tag team match pitting King Kong Bundy and his professional wrestling team of Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo, these were what they call, and I don't like using the term in there, but midget wrestlers they had back mm-hmm. in the day. So, against Hillbilly Jim and his own team of two more uh, little wrestlers, the Haiti Kid and Little Beaver. The rules were that only midgets could fight midgets and that neither Bundy or Hillbilly was allowed to attack the midgets. Though at one point, Bundy tagged in and Little Beaver refused to tag out immediately, if even hitting the 458-pound walking condominium. That was that is the nickname they gave Bundy. With a drop kick to no effect before bailing with a tag to Hillbilly Jim. King Kong Bundy's team was disqualified when Bundy attacked Little Beaver. 
because Bundy was not supposed to be in the ring with the Midgets. After Beaver had attacked Bundy on occasion during the match, he finally got caught, and Bundy attacked Little Beaver, hitting him with a body slam before dropping an elbow across his chest. <laughs> that was brutal, yes. The Loser Must Bow match between the Junkyard Dog and Harley Race, with Bobby Heenan and the Queen of Wrestling, the Fabulous Moolah, in his corner, followed. Prior to the match, Mean Gene Oakland interviewed Heenan, Race, and Moolah backstage, where Moolah per- per- predicted that Junkyard Dog would have to bow to the king as he is supposed to do. Bobby then gave Moolah the crown and told her to put it on the king's head after the match, as only the Queen of Wrestling can do. Junkyard Dog came out to the ring to a big ovation in the Silver Dome. During the match, the two battled back and forth, with Race even trying unsuccessfully to give the prone Junkyard Dog a failing, a falling headbutt, which naturally failed. Following this, Race recovered enough to give the Junkyard Dog a belly-to-belly suplex when he was distracted by Bobby Heenan to get the win. Due to the pre-match stipulation, JYD did a little bow and then hit Race on the blind side with a steel chair to a rising ovation from the crowd. After attacking Race, Junkyard Dog took the King's royal robe and left the ring with it in hand to a standing ovation. <laughs> that was hey, JD. What's up, JD? I'm here. There hey, JD. Hey, JD, my man. This is the Ice, the ice Man, Jerry Geronimo, here joining us. Uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> uh, 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer, also part of the Raw Radio Broadcast team here with us. JD, welcome, sir. Um, my apologies there, bud. Uh, we... Since you had told me about WrestleMania three, I think we do a little bit on that today. Uh, that works. If you got me. Okay. Or I'm just reading the Wikipedia thing here about it. Okay. I saw John had also tried to come on as well, but I think he hung. Now he's back on. He's coming back on. Yeah, because he just got a hold of me. Okay. All right. Yeah. My apologies, there, guys. We tried to we tried to get a hold of you, and uh, we just. That's right. I didn't know what was going on. No problem. Okay. And here's the human suplex machine, John Gross, here with us. Uh, for the first 2016 Hall of Famer and also part of the team that brings you Raw Radio. Uh, John, we're here. <laughs> there he is. John. There's his guys. And, we're, John, we're doing a little history of WrestleMania three. I'm just reading the Wikipedia thing here. So, uh, oh, oh I, heard, I heard about it. I heard. So, um, and we got a little bit more to here to go, so let me, let's just go, let's go ahead and get right mm-hmm. on to it. The next match was the Dream Team. Of course, uh, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Regan Hammer Valentine with luscious Johnny V and Canadian strongman Dino Bravo in their corner against the fabulous Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond. Ray Rougeau started off the match by locking up the beefcake. The two men later tagged out with Valentine Braun with Jacques Rougeau as Bravo looked up on the outside of the ring. Raymond performed a sleeper hold on Valentine and was followed by beefcake jumping off the ropes and accidentally hitting the hammer with a double axe handle. The Rougeau brothers gave Valentine a double team move but the referee was arguing with Beefcake. The match ended when Dino Bravo jumped off the top rope and hit Raymond while he was pinning Valentine. Then rolling Valentine on top of him for the win, the Dream Team argued for most of the match, which led to Valentine, Bravo, and Luscious Johnny departing together without Beefcake. Yes. <clears throat> Let's see, next up here, footage of an interview with Roddy Roddy Popper was here. as Piper made his way to the ring to face adorable Adrian Adonis who was accompanied by the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, in Piper's retirement match. Piper and Adonis began the match by tagging each other with Piper's belt. Adonis put a super hold on Piper in the middle of the ring and released the hold prior to Piper's arm going down for a third time. He, he had won the match. 
when Jimmy Hart got in the ring to celebrate with Adonis, Curtis Beefcake came to the ring to help Piper recover, and Piper attacked Adonis and performed a sleeper hold of his own. Yes, Piper got the victory, and after the match was over, Brutus got in the ring and cut Adrian Adonis' hair as Piper held Jimmy Hart down. After being woken by Beefcake and seeing himself in the mirror he had brought to the ring that Piper was holding, Adonis hit the mirror and chased Piper around the ring before leaving the ring in embarrassment with Hart using his jacket to cover Adonis' head. Oh, man, that was embarrassing. Uh, up next was a six-man tag team match featuring former referee Danny Davis in his debut as a wrestler and the tag team champions, the Hart Foundation, of course, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, against the British Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid and David Boy Smith, along with Tito Santana and also Matilda the Bulldog in their corner. As a referee, Davis' bias towards heel wrestlers had led to the Bulldogs losing the tag titles to the Hearts, also led to Santana losing the Intercontinental title to Macho Man Randy Savage. The Bulldogs had many near falls, yet Nyhart broke up most of them. After all three members of the Bulldogs' Santana team had got a measure of revenge on Davis, all six wrestlers ended up brawling in the ring. Danny Davis recovered and hit Davy Boy with Jimmy Hart's megaphone and pinned him for the win. The natural Butch Reed's making his pay-per-view debut here against Coco Beware was the following match. Reed won the match with a roll-up and a handful of tights. After a high crossbody from Coco, <clears throat> after the contest, Reed's manager Slick got in the ring and attacked Coco Beware with his cane, but Tio Santana quickly rushed to the ring and stopped Slick and ripped off some of his clothes. Slick retreated as Reed got back in the ring, only for Reed to get a double drop kick from Coco and Santana. The next contest was the title match involving the reigning Intercontinental Champion Randy Savage, with Miss Elizabeth in his corner, and versus, of course, versus Ricky the Dragon's Steamboat with George the Animal Steel. The match itself lasted for nearly 15 minutes. At one point, Savage was about to use the ring bell as a weapon, but was stopped by Steel, who knocked him off the top rope. When Savage attempted to give Steamboat a scoop slam. Steamboat reversed it into a small package to get the win and become the new Intercontinental Champion. Making and might I add, the best match of all time. You got that right. Marking the first time in WrestleMania history that the Intercontinental title changed hands. This match is considered to, to by many to be one of the greatest matches in WWE history. John nailed it right on the head there. Yes. The tenth match of the night, whoa, boy, already was between the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart in his corner and Jake Snake Roberts, who along with his pet Python, Damien, had Detroit native Alice Cooper in his corner. When Jake went for the DDT, Honky Tonk Man's manager, Jimmy Hart, pulled Roberts' legs, and the Honky Tonk Man rolled up Roberts from behind, held onto the ropes, and pinned him for the win. After the match, Roberts nearly <clears throat> missed hitting Honky with his own smashing it against the ring post and causing Honky to run off down leaving Hart all alone in the ring. Uh, Alex got in the ring and with Roberts holding Hart in a full Nelson, attacked Roberts, Python, and Damien. Gentlemen, talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. What's up, guys? Never mind, then. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, I lost the call there. So if I had to do that again, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm sorry about that. All right. Uh, ring announcer Howard Finkel then introduced Mean Gene Oakland I have to the crowd. clip right here. Oh, go ahead. Oh, this oh, is a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. I'll play it here. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we all are part 
Wow, that's a lot of people. That is, that is, that is definitely, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I wanted to go any further with that, as, of course, the clip provided to us by J.D. John explained all that right there. Thank you very much, J.D. The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov was slick in their corner. We're in action next against the Killer Bees. Of course, Jim Brunzel and B. Crap, B. Brian Brian Blair. Yeah, B. Brian. B. Okay, there you go. Sorry, B. Brian Blair. There you go. So I'm gonna make fun of the man's name. I'm just got done done. Slick asked all the fans to rise to respect Nikolai Volkov singing of the Soviet national anthem. And when Volkov began singing, Hacksaw Jim Duggan came to the ring with his two by four, which had a tiny American flag attached to it. They're on the microphone and said that Volkov was not going to sing because America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. While the match ensued, Duggan stayed at ringside. When the Iron Sheik left a camel clutch on Brunzel, Duggan, who was chasing Volkov around the ring and finally into it, stopped and hit an unsuspecting Sheik across the back with a two-by-four in front of the referee, resulting in the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov winning the bout by DQ. <clears throat> but, of course, that was, that was, in fact, a sweet match there in the And what was billed as the biggest main event in sports entertainment, the match pitted uh, the final match pitted WWF World Champion Hulk Hogan defending the title against Andre the Giant with Bobby Heenan in his corner. Howard Finkel introduced the guest ring announcer, Bob Uecker, the Uke, who in turn introduced the guest timekeeper, Entertainment Tonight host, Mary Hart. Uh, the fans booed Andre heavily and pelted him with, and his manager, Bobby Heenan, with trash as they rode the card to oh, the I ring. remember that. Yes. Mm. In contrast, Hogan, who walked to the ring, came out to a huge ovation. Approximately two minutes into the match, Hogan attempted to body slam Andre, but was unable to lift the giant and nearly lost the match when Andre fell on him and almost pinned him. After the match had had battled back and forth, Andre gave Hogan an Irish whip to the far side of the ring and attempted a big boot on Hogan. But Hogan ducked it and came off the ropes to give Andre a clothesline to take him off his feet for the first time in the match. Hogan then hulked up and scoop-slammed the 525-pound giant before hitting the ropes and executing his patented leg drop pin to get the win and retain the title. Um, well, probably we all know what happened later on, like I said, uh, uh, the aftermath everything. We all know what happened there, of course. Uh, didn't need to go through a lot of that. Um, I will tell you, though, that reading the results of all 12 matches, believe it or not, the, uh, I'm sure God would possibly take a guess here, um, and I'll ask everybody around here, of, of, of all 12 matches, and y'all, and y'all just think about this carefully, okay, no peeking, no peeking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
Which one do you think, which, which of the 12 matches do you think was the longest of the whole event? Mm. They didn't answer first. I'm going to say Steamboat, Steamboat and Savage. John? Yeah, I'd say the same thing, too. And now what do you think, bud? Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Andre the Giant and um, who was his opponent? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, yeah, I'm going to go with that match. Okay, well, believe it or not, Emil, this kind of surprised me, too. Believe it or not, J.D. and John was right. It was the Intercontinental title match, which was the longest one of the whole show, 14 minutes and 35 seconds. Now, the, the the championship match actually was second highest with only 12 minutes and one second. Okay. The rest of them were under 10 minutes, tops. Mm. So uh, let's go ahead and get a review here, folks, here, because while we're looking around here, man, we, we, what what interesting surroundings here. Like I said, we went back in time here to 87 here tonight, guys. Uh, J.D., what's your, uh, what's your overall take here, of course, of uh, WrestleMania three? WrestleMania 3 wasn't bad. I mean, that was one of the last few times I watched wrestling, however, shortly after that, however, and I took a break for a long time, however, because I stopped watching wrestling around before WrestleMania 4. But, no, WrestleMania 3 was unique. I mean, you had the the match of the ages between Andre and Hogan. Of course, we had heard uh, the story of the friendship over the years, and later on, I, as I got the DVD, I got, I got uh, Hulk Hogan's story and uh, everything like that. How they were supposed to originally face off at WrestleMania 2, but because of uh, the whole King Kong Bundy thing, how that was put on the back burner for at least a year or so. And of course, uh, we would see what would happen shortly thereafter, however, involving, however, like I said, uh, the whole uh, debacle, however, with Hogan and Andre. But uh, if there were two matches that really, uh, like I said, uh, stole the show, however, it was Hogan and Andre, but I still think, however, the scene about Savage Fair really was just just unbelievable. I mean, what can you say about that match? That's still amazing in its own right, however. John, what's your take on, on WrestleMania three so long ago? Yeah, I wasn't even born at that time, but when I got into wrestling around 2000 and seeing the old stuff back in 2004 and two. 2001, 2002, and 2004. I mean, WrestleMania 3 was the biggest biggest, uh, pay-per-view of all time. And uh, all-time record-setting with uh, Mean Gene Okerlund announcing it. I mean, it's one of the few moments you can relive and and go back from. I mean, yes, the big two main events were Steamboat and Savage and Hogan versus Andre. But... But not to disrespect Hogan, Hogan's uh, body slam heard around the world against Andre. I mean, the body slam was great. Don't get me wrong. But Steamboat and Savage pretty much stole the show at WrestleMania 3, in my personal opinion. Okay. And Neil, now, you did, you did say that you were born about three years after this event took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, based, on, based on what I have just read tonight and based on what everyone else's opinion is, um, what was your take? What's your take on what WrestleMania three was about? Um, so yeah, just yeah, just like John mentioned. So so yeah, I was born in uh, in ninety. He was born in ninety one. So yeah, I mean, uh, not a bad pay per view in my eyes. I mean, like uh, like JD said, you know, the the Steamboat and uh, Randy Savage was a good one, and the the um, Hogan and Andre. You know, so uh, not not too bad matches. I mean, you can you can put either of them on your top two. You know, so it's it's hard to put. 
um, it's hard to pick which one is what, which match was better. You know, the longer was yeah the Savage and um, Steamboat match, but um, yeah, I, I, if I had to rate it, uh, of course I would give it a ten out of ten. Of course, you can't you can't rate a, a under a ten. You know, I I think that was a good WrestleMania in my in my point of view. Similar so. uh, to the first WrestleMania. Speaking of the first WrestleMania, why do we discuss that a little bit? That's coming up actually, believe not, this Saturday, believe it or not. Ooh. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Here, uh, that's uh, well, folks. Like, like I said, here episode thir- episode uh, one thirteen of Wrestling Revisited. Here, talking about thirty thirty one years since the uh, since WrestleMania three. One of the one one of the best here. Uh, in my own. Uh, in, in all of us personal opinions, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, let's let's give a brief uh, let's give a brief uh, uh, overview of that. And while we do that, let me go ahead and take care of this. Uh, <clears throat> take care of this, of course, one more time. And here. I'll be right back. Okay, John. Thank you. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three nine nine two six pound. This is episode one hundred thirteen, special edition of WWS Wrestling Revisited. Uh, Thursday, uh, March 29, 2018. Mr. WWS, Chad Hinchall, the Iceman, Jared D. Geronimo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, and the Rattlesnake Neil Patel here. Uh, of course, as you just heard, like I said, 30, 31 years ago today, we should probably be discussing this a little bit further on uh, Wolfpack here in our history and birthdays. 31 years ago today, we just now uh, discussed it, WrestleMania 3. So, uh, and... Uh, <clears throat> And we just also heard here that coming up, uh, yes, coming up this uh, this Saturday, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, WrestleMania one here. And let's and we'll we'll pretty much run down, like I said, just the matches. Uh, we all know we all know what took place here at the. Uh, um, we all know what took place at the event, uh, but let's 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 run down the matches here. Um, if everyone doesn't mind doing so, of course. Um, and again, Neil, this was like back in uh, what was it, '85 when this yep. when this happened. '85. Mm, okay. So about five years before you were born, Neil. This this is when the very first one happened. And so, six years before I was born myself, it is. Two years the, after the arcade. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I think at the time, that's when that really started getting the competition going between WrestleMania and Starcade. Yeah. So, the Starcade so. was always in the fall, however, because they did the first two in the fall, and then. Uh, in '85, uh, Starcade, of course, did two locations. However, mind you, however, for a couple of years, however, and then WWE did once uh, in three. However, they thought the following year they would try it in '86. However, to do it in three different locations. Uh, let's run them down here. Uh, the long, believe it or not, the longest match of the night was obviously the main event match pitting, of course, a tag team match pitting Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, of course, who at the time was a star. The eight. <laughs> I pee the food. I pee the food. We don't want to. <clears throat> uh, uh, teaming up together with Jimmy Snuka in their corner. Uh, um, uh, winning over Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful himself, and of course Rowdy Roddy Piper with Cowboy Bob Orton in their corner. Uh, this match lasted 13 minutes and 24 seconds. Believe it or not, the second longest match of the night, and y'all, this, this would be kind of surprising here to you. The second longest one of the night was the one pitting Brutus Beefcake versus David San Martino. It ended in a double DQ. Mm. Uh, Brutus Beefcake had Johnny Valiant, of course, Luscious Johnny V in his corner. 
while David San Martino had his father Bruno. Oh, so, uh, that match lasted 11 minutes, 44 seconds. Hmm. Uh, this was a very interesting match there indeed. Other matches, of course, that took place. Uh, the first one, of course, Tito Santana defeated the Executioner by submission. Uh, J.D. has told us many times that the Executioner was, in fact... Playboy uh, Buddy Rose. That's right, Playboy Buddy Rose. Uh, next one here, of course, the second one was the shortest match of the night, which lasted only nine seconds. King Kong Bundy had Jimmy Hart in his corner, and he's, de- he's defeated, as he defeated, S.D. Special Delivery Jones. Yes. And the thing uh, with uh, and the thing with uh, Bundy is he came in two weeks beforehand. So he so he wasn't even in, in the company that long before he uh, uh, before this before this ever happened. So yes, very fascinating. Yes, uh, Ricky Steamboat getting by uh, Matt Moore, who of course you know later on as Doink the Clown. That match <laughs> lasted four four minutes and thirty eight seconds. Um, um, let me see here. Another one, of course, uh, yes, uh, Greg Valentine, uh, JYD defeating Greg Valentine by countout in an intercontinental title match. This lasted six minutes and 55 seconds. It was not that long, but it was still a very effective match there indeed. Uh, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov defeating... No, I'm on the phone. <laughs> okay. Who had uh, classy Freddie Blassie in their corner. Defeated the Listen US up, you ex- pencil neck geeks. That's it. Defeated the U.S. When you talk about Blassie, what can you say about Fred Blassie? I mean, the guy, I mean, I love that man. That man was one of the first managers next to Bobby Heenan I grew up watching. I mean, those two guys made me laugh like my butt silly. I mean, I could watch clips of those guys again and again. I mean, he was Hulk Hogan's first manager, and I can remember him going out right before uh, that match with Wyndham and Rotundo with Captain Lou, how I was saying, I got myself the next tag team champions here. I can guarantee it. And sure enough, he did. But, I mean... And he actually denied using the cane in that match, too. Which yeah, Sheik actually was the one who used the cane because the referee's back was turned, and Albano went ballistic, however, about that afterwards. But, I mean, Blasi yeah. was such a genius. I mean, if you talk about the Mount Rushmore managers, I mean... You could make, build a whole mound. I mean, right now, I would say you have to put him at first. I'd say next behind him would be the Grand Wizard, without question. Ernie Roth was such a hell of a manager. Albano would be number three. Uh, actually, you know, strike that. Albano would be four. Bobby Heenan would be number three. Then you put Albano at four. Paul Ellering would be five. J.J. Dell number six. Seven, I would say... Uh, Heyman. Eight would be, however, uh... Jimmy Hart? Yeah, Jimmy Hart would be number definitely number eight. Yep, yep, yep. It. He would be number eight with the megaphone. You can't miss that. Number nine would be, however, I would say... Oh, jeez, let me think. Uh, Gary Hart would be number nine. And, and number ten... Ooh, ten's a tough one because... I have so many good ones to choose from. Uh, ten, I want to say. Um, All I have to mind the would be slick. I'm sl- slick wouldn't be slick a bad. Or Paul Bear. Slick or Paul Bear, maybe. I don't know. Oh yes. Uh, oh no, actually, You know what? Actually, you know what? We're gonna put a female at number ten. The true first lady of wrestling, who should be in the Hall of Fame, 
the lovely, beautiful Miss Elizabeth. Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. I would. Okay. Well, if you're gonna put a female I, in there, you gotta put her up there at number ten. I feel. So those are my top. Well, there's no doubt. No, no, I, I don't. I believe that wholeheartedly. The tag team title match it lasted six minutes and fifty six seconds. By the way, uh, Andre the Giant defeated Big John Studd, who had Bobby Heenan in his corner, in the Body Slam Challenge. Of course, for fifteen thousand dollars. We all know what happened after that match. Actually, Andre got rid of half the money before Bobby Heenan grabbed the bag with the money in it. That match lasted five minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, Wendy Richter, of course, had had the uh, pop, pop singing sensation. Cindy Lawson in her corner, who got by the late tie with the fabulous Moolah in her corner and picked up the women's title. That was a great match. Six minutes and 12 seconds that match lasted. And, of course, we talked about the big tag team match here as well. Let me go around and get some quick thoughts here. J.D., your take on WrestleMania 1. What can you say about WrestleMania number 1? I mean, it was the, I mean, it was, uh, it, was, it was a who's who there. You had your big-name celebrities, your Muhammad Ali's, your uh, Billy Martins, your Pat Patterson's, your uh, Liberace's, your, and all those guys. I mean, it's just, it's so surreal, however, that it was not that long ago, Howard. And like I said, I mean, I have the box set of the first five WrestleManias, and I've watched that thing over and over again, and I can I can continue to watch it over and over again, because that's what, that's what made it fun. Star Team WrestleMania, like you said, were similar in a lot of ways, Howard, and like I said, Howard, it just, I mean, to see what took off in the stratosphere as we know it, Howard, it was an amazing thing. Just imagine, though, for a minute, though, guys, I mean, the year before that all took place, however, Vince McMahon's old man had passed away suddenly in June of 84. Just imagine if he was around at that time when that was kicking off. Just imagine what his reaction would be. I mean, there was a lot of people saying he had would have been upset. A lot of people said he thought it was crazy. But no, I think he would have been very pleased with what he would have seen. Oh, absolutely. I would agree. I definitely would. Uh, John, uh, your take also on WrestleMania 1? It opened up the doors to become one of the most successful WrestleManias of all time. And uh, if WrestleMania one didn't be didn't be as much a success, what would happen? We wouldn't have WrestleMania in WWE today. Well, I would agree. Not even the wrestling, not even WCW, not even ECW, TNA. Right. And, 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 well, the thing, and what's also sad, too, is, too, I'm sorry to say this, though, but this is not being a Debbie Downer or whatever, but, I mean, you look at that card now, 32 years later, look how many people we've lost. We've lost Buddy Rose. We've lost S.D. Jones. We've lost Matt Bourne. Uh, we've lost J.Y.D. We've lost uh, Blassie. We've lost Albano. We've lost Andre, Big John, Heenan, Moolah. Um... Mr. Uh, Roddy Piper. I mean, just it's it's so surreal. I've been most of those guys are no longer with us now, but those are the guys that made it fun, you know. And you also had a great announcing team. You lost the announcing team, except for Mean Gene. You lost Gorilla. You lost uh, except for Justine, uh Mean Gene. You lost Gorilla. You lost uh, like I said, Lord Alfred Hayes. You know, it's just it's too surreal. Well, sure, I would agree. I definitely would also have to remember Liberace and uh, Muhammad Ali, Billy Martin, I think. Yeah. They're, uh, 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 Neil, your, um, I know, again, this is one that came out before you were born, but your take on uh, 
on uh, WrestleMania 1 from what you've just heard? Uh, let's see here. Let me look at the let me look at the card again. Um, all right, so Latinos and Tanner's Executioner, King Kong Bundy versus Billy Jones. Uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Okay, yeah, AKA Do- uh, Doink the Clown. Okay, that's 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 pretty funny. How he was a wrestler and then he became a clown. Okay, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Ah, okay. Bruce Beefcake uh, and uh, David uh, Samarito. Samari- no, how do you say that last name? San Martino. San Martino. Oh, that's a hard. That's a yeah, tough one. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> ah, that's, okay, so that ended in a double disqualification. Oh, wow. That's, mm. Uh, and then Junkyard Dog uh, defeated Greg Valentine. I think I've I think I've heard of one of them. Either Junkyard Dog or Greg Valentine. I've, I've heard of. I don't know which one, which name I've heard that rings a bell. But um, uh, okay. And then yeah, Iron Sheik I've heard of. Okay. Uh, and then his partner I don't know how to say that name. Nikolai Volkov. Okay. And then uh, okay defeated the uh, U.S. Express. Okay. So these are old uh, old wrestlers, right? Um, yep. Barry Windham and Mike uh, Rotundo. Rotundo, okay. Hmm. And, and then, Windham, okay. Of course, is related to Bray Wyatt, and uh, that's his. That's his uh, oh, really? Nephew, yeah. Mike Rotundo, of course, is uh, Bray Wyatt's dad. Or, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, okay, okay, and then there was a. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go down the card, Chad. I'm, I'm, my apologies. That's why I can give my uh, give my um, thoughts on it. Like, I don't really know any of these wrestlers. You know, I wanna I wanna get through these names before I can say something. But uh. Go ahead. Okay. Um. All right. So you had Andrea Giant. I, okay. I know. Uh. Who Who's Big John Studd? I I don't know who that was. Uh. Big John. Big John Studd. Uh. Was a um, um, six nine six ten three sixty five from Butler, PA. Okay, and then you had uh, uh okay, Wendy Richer. Okay, I, I think she's I think she's been uh she's been mentioned uh, a couple of times. Hall of Famer, yeah. yeah, she's Hall of Famer. Right. Um. Okay, I'm not familiar with her opponent though. The Fabulous Mula was the longest-term women's champion. Lonnie Kai was one of her students. Yeah, Lonnie Kai, yeah. She she wasn't a bad wrestler back in the day. She was one of Mula's uh, uh, students, however. She was from Hawaii. Okay, and then, yeah, like the main event that Chad uh, mentioned, uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Okay, so I, I, know, I remember Mr. T. You can do the slogan that he does if you want, but, yeah, <laughs> I remember him. Mr. Wonderful Paul Wondor. Right, Roddy Piper, yep. Uh, and then Bob Orton, right? Yep. Jimmy Snooker, yeah, yep. Yeah, Randy Orton's dad. Yeah, right. Right, so, uh, okay, overall, maybe, let's see. Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a nine at least. Nine out of ten at least. I'll, I'll give it a nine. So. Okay. But uh, overall, like I said, I mean, we've got the two biggest ones here coming up with anniversaries. WrestleMania 3 tonight, one on Saturday. Uh, I mean, these two right here were perfect examples of uh, of of uh, <clears throat> the perfect examples of what WrestleMania. 
four on the horizon. Uh, it's going to be a big time uh, knocking down. Uh, uh, we hope it will be a knocking down all uh, uh, here between some of the best right in the business right now today and all uh, the hall. Of all right, guys. Well, I'm going to jump off. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we hear you. Okay, John, we'll talk about you here on the World Pack later. Yep, and I will talk about WrestleMania 14, WrestleMania 31, and WrestleMania 3 on the histories and birthdays. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Bye. I said the human coach machine, John Gross, here, guys. Thank you. Back home. Now, uh, but uh, like I say, without without these shows here, guys, I'm sure we could all agree that you know we you wouldn't have you wouldn't have WrestleMania the way it was today. So there you go, uh, guys. Uh, I do, uh, thank you very much here for uh, anything you wish to add here before we close up shop. JD, anything you wish to add? JD. I'm back. Sorry about that. I just had to clean out my phone. Anything you, to, anything you wish to add before we close up shop? Uh, yes, one thing. I didn't know if we have a match tonight or not, however. But if we don't... Well, well, well that's something I wanted to... Um, I'll uh, I'll mention that here to you here after, after we go off the air. All right. Because okay. Anil, anything, uh, else, anything else you wish to add, Anil? Um... Well, yeah, just like yeah, just like John mentioned, yeah. So, so uh, actually, we have um, we have three WrestleManias uh, that happen on uh, March 29th. So, the one we just reviewed, uh, WrestleMania three, and then uh, the other two was WrestleMania fourteen and WrestleMania thirty one. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, uh, not just one WrestleMania happened, um, but actually three. So that so that's that's good. I'm getting uh, my WrestleMania um, history uh, going on because you know I, I like to learn about what happened back in the day. So I just, lo- I just love going back back in time, like you said. You know, it's, it's a good a uh, good way to learn learn uh, how how the wrestling was back in the day uh, as far as where it is now. You know, what the changes have done and stuff. So absolutely. On note here, guys, we do thank you very much here for joining us for episode one thirteen. Visit. It will be back on our normal time slot here on Tuesday nights. 8 p.m. This has been Wrestling Revisit episode 113. Uh, take, we'll talk to you on Wolfpack here in about uh, 45 minutes. Take care, folks, and have yourselves a good evening. We'll talk at you here in a little while. Have a great evening.